What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It's good to be with you. Uh, I'm feeling really good. I just stepped off a ship two days, a day and a half ago with my wife. We celebrated our seven-year wedding anniversary by going on a cruise down to Mexico, uh, and it was awesome. Really, really good, except for the last day and a half that I've been home. Uh, I feel like I'm still on a boat. I think I've been more seasick the last day and a half than I was on the boat for sure. I've got some weird like vertigo dizziness thing going on. Uh, but anyways, I'll stop being a baby. Uh, it was great. If you've never been on a cruise, you should do one. It was really, really good. I documented the whole thing on Instagram stories. Uh, so if you're not following on Instagram or you're not checking out the stories, you should, because I'm actually using that quite a bit um, and constant. I've, I've given away stuff like gift cards for date nights and stuff on there. It's kind of this hidden like group of people that I'm interacting with on a daily basis. So if you're not hanging out on Instagram and specifically on the stories, um, then you should be doing that because I'm, I'm very, very active on that. Uh, dad.tired is the screen name or username. Do people still say screen name? That's kind of like AOL instant messenger stuff. <laughs> I don't know what they call it. Username dad.tired. If you're new to the Dad Tired Ministry, welcome. Glad to have you. Um, I don't know how you found it, maybe through iTunes or a friend told you about it or whatever, but uh, thanks for listening, checking it out today. We're just a group of guys from around the world who are trying to take our faith, our family, and our marriage very seriously, and we'd love to have you come be a part of that. You can do that by going to dadtired.com. You'll see uh, that there's a community tab, and that will show you groups of guys that are planning to start meeting up locally in their area, but it will also link you over to a closed group on Facebook where there's a bunch of guys from around the world who are just pointing each other towards Jesus. And uh, I always say it's easier to uh, find guys who will watch a football game with you uh, than it is to find guys who will constantly point you towards Jesus. And that's what Dad's Hired is all about. And that's what that group's all about. And specifically is uh, there's a group of guys over there who would love to just pray for you, encourage you, give advice, uh, take advice, whatever. Um, So yeah, go be part of that. Uh, Dadtired.com, click the community tab, and we'll link you over to that. I'm, I feel compelled to start this episode, kind of uh, did not plan to start this episode in this way. Um, but while we were gone, um, President Donald Trump had just uh, sw- had been sworn in in his inauguration. And a couple of days after that is when we left for our cruise. And this is not a political rant or political thing. I, I, I stay pretty far away from politics, mainly because I just don't really have strong opinions one way or the other. My hope's in Jesus, man. And so I really don't get super caught up in political stuff. just not my thing. Um, but while we were there, he, he had started to sign some executive orders on stuff. And, uh, and one of those orders came about yesterday where that involves kind of the borders and not the wall but the like the foreign policy of who can be who can come in refugees uh what countries would be will no longer be accepting people and things like that or we'll go through a different vetting process which you know whatever uh yeah i i totally get both sides of that coin um, but one of the countries was Iran, and that happens to be where my wife and her family are from. And uh, so it had some really like um, 
just direct impacts on our lives immediately starting yesterday. Um, as a kind of a retaliation to that, Iran said, we will not accept any more U.S. people into our country. And um, some of Layla, Layla's been to Iran. She's taken my son to Iran. Uh, they've been there. They, her, all her cousins, aunts, uncles, grandpa, grandparents are there. Um, has a, all of her, 50% of her family lives there. And, uh, and so what that means is practically is that we uh, are no longer to, able to visit there and they're no, no longer able to visit us. And we have some people here in the States, um, some of like Layla's cousins who have yet to meet cousins and aunts and grandparents uh, over in Iran and actually had trips planned to go over there that now won't be happening. And just family really devastated by that kind of stuff. Um, and just really hard. It, it, it impacted our, our family directly in that way. Um, the reason I'm telling you this is because mainly this is obviously, I'm sure I'm not the first one telling you about the this executive order and the things like that. And um, you have your opinions, I'm sure, uh, one way or the other on this political spectrum. Um, but I'm mainly saying this, and the reason I'm even bringing this up in this podcast is because um, I, my response is to the Christians and to the people who are kind of responding to this, and, and especially like the the kind of hardcore, um, fundamental Christians who really believe that um, this is an effort to make our country safe, which, you know, it's fine. I, it, that's fine. I totally get that. I want my family to be safe and all that. Um, but the attitude behind that is almost can feel like uh, I don't care about refugees. And in fact, there were two comments left. My, my wife posted an article. All she did was post an article on her Facebook that said, you know, we can't, uh, we can no longer see our family. And two people responded with really vulgar, like mean, why in the expletive, expletive, why would you want to go over there? Uh, you're just trying to help the terrorist and build bombs and uh, we need to be safe. And uh, I, I mean, it was just so strong and harsh and offensive language. And so the the reason I'm starting this is kind of wherever you're at on that spectrum, I just felt compelled to remind you this, that listen, brothers and sisters listening to this podcast, if you consider you're a Christian, can I remind you, can I remind you that you were once broken and confused and hurting and homeless and without somebody to call you father or to, that you could call father, you were not part of a, an eternal family, that in many ways you were the orphan and the widow and the foreigner. And God, uh, in, in his many ways, uh, was nowhere to be found early on in your life before you were saved. You were broken. The things that you thought would satisfy you left you wanting more. And the things that you put your hope in left you hopeless. The things that you thought would give you rest actually left you more tired. I mean, you were broken. You were down and out. Uh, and you were destined to that forever in your brokenness and in your sin. And, and as a result of your sin, uh, you were destined towards death and death forever. But Jesus, and those are the best words that you'll ever hear is, but Jesus. And, and, but Jesus stepped in, like Jesus went to the, the orphanage. And if you kind of think of a mental picture of an orphanage, what we often assume as Christians kind of subconsciously is that we are the cute kid in the orphanage when we hear the gospel story, right? Like we're the cute kid running around in the orphanage and Jesus says, oh, I'll pick that one. He'll bring me joy or look how cute he is or look what he's doing or he's got special talents or gifts or whatever. He, he's got something to offer me, so I'll pick him. And that is actually opposite of the gospel truth gospel 
gospel truth says, what scripture teaches us that while you were still yet sinning, you were actually far from God. You were rebellious by your very nature. Your your sin made you rebel and turn against God Almighty. Because of your sin and your sinful desires and your wrongful acts, you had a rebellious heart and you were turning away from God. You were not the cute kid running around saying, pick me, pick me. You were the rebellious one in the corner, like deformed and had issues and all kinds of stuff. And even maybe walking away towards the person that was trying to adopt you. And Jesus said, I'll take that one. That's the one I want in my family. That's the one I choose to adopt. That was you and me. Not the ones that deserve to be adopted, but the ones who were broken and shattered and messy and we were a lot to deal with. We were not convenient for God to adopt into his family. But yet he chose us, the broken ones, the messy ones, the ones that would be the hardest to deal with. He chose us, you and me. We were the orphan that he said, I want to adopt that one into my family. And this is what's amazing. This is what's amazing about what Jesus did. He didn't simply just adopt you as one of his children and say, cool, you're in, kind of tough it out until you get to heaven. He didn't just like appease. God, Jesus wasn't about charity, right? He didn't just like write a check or pack a meal and hand it to you one time. Jesus didn't simply give you a coat. He clothed you in righteousness. He didn't just like give you something to eat. He gave you the bread of life. He didn't give you something to drink. He said, I'm the living water, drink of me, and you'll never be thirsty again. He didn't just give you like hope for this life, but for the life to come. He didn't just like take death away. He took away its sting. Jesus came in. He didn't acknowledge the problem. He fixed the problem in its entirety. He said, I want that one, the broken one, the messy one, the jacked up one, the one who's hurting and sinful and rebellious. I want to adopt that one into my family. And not only am I just going to like take care of him and take care of her, but I'm going to clothe her in righteousness. I'm going to clothe him in righteousness so that he will be my heir. Like he, he will move from like an an orphan and he will move into an adoptive king kingdom family. He's part of a royal priesthood now because of what Jesus did for you. That's if you believe in Jesus, that is your story, that is my story, that is every person who has placed their faith and hope in Jesus Christ and as a result Jesus said, "Now go and love the broken and the homeless and the marginalized" and the orphaned, and the imprisoned, and the homeless, and the foreigner among you. Take care of them. Not because it's simply the right thing to do, but because it represents the king, me, Jesus, who did the exact same thing for you when you were broken, when you were marginalized, when you were hopeless, When you were orphaned and imprisoned and widowed and a foreigner and homeless, I came for you and I picked you and it wasn't easy and you weren't convenient and it wasn't safe. In fact, it cost me my life. I had to die on a cross in order to adopt you in, to call you son and daughter. It cost me everything I had to adopt you into my family. And so you go and you go and you take care of the orphans and the poor and the widow and the foreigner among you, 
even if it's not safe or convenient or comfortable or makes sense, you go because that's what I did for you. This is the gospel being played out in real life. That we represent a king. We are part of a new kingdom. And that kingdom doesn't have borders and it's filled with different races and colors and genders. But we serve one king, the one king who will reign forever. His kingship, his reign will never end. A king above all kings and a king above all lords. This is our king and this is the kingdom that we are part of. And in that kingdom and in that culture, we sacrifice even to the point where it doesn't make sense. And so, friends, this is my reminder to you. That as brothers and sisters, you were once the one that was broken and in the need of someone to show up. And God showed up. And he didn't just hand you a check or a sandwich. He took care of the problem. And he's asking us to do the same. So as you were on Facebook and as you were having these arguments with people and you're talking about your safety and the, the, the um, appeal of our country, remember this. Jesus cares more. He is most concerned, not with your country, but with his kingdom and his glory, and that we would represent him well as our king. And that looks like giving up our lives for those who are in need. That's all I'll say on that. Let's take a break. We'll come back. What's up, guys? Traditionally in the church, men have been the hardest demographic to reach, and yet Dad's Hired Ministry has successfully been able to engage guys from all around the world with the gospel, equipping and encouraging them to be the men that God has designed them to be. We're a nonprofit ministry, which means we rely heavily on your support. If you love this podcast and believe in what we're doing, would you consider giving 19 bucks a month to help us keep going? You can do this by going to dadtired.com forward slash give. Thank you, seriously, for being on this journey with me. And I can't tell you how excited I am to see what God does with our community in the years to come. I posted something similar to that on, uh, you know, obviously not such a rant. I apologize for kind of moving into a preaching mode there. Um, But my heart is obviously passionate about it. One, because it's the gospel most uh, it's it's most passionate about it because it's the gospel truth, and, and then to have it directly impact my family and and to see what the gospel looks like in real life, uh, it it obviously strikes a nerve with me. But I I posted uh, just a small like picture scripture verse commentary on Instagram today, um, Sunday, <clears throat> about that. And somebody commented on there. I don't know who this person was, obviously. um, But they they commented on there and said, um, no, that was their first word, no, period. You're living in a fantasy world. And my, my my, my caption was essentially what I just told you guys. This is how we live. In light of the gospel, here's how we treat things like this. And his response was, no, you're living in a fantasy world. Like you have your head in the clouds. And listen, here's the thing. Uh, Cheap grace, watered down Christianity can make sense. Like you just, if it, as long as it makes sense for my life and it's helping me and there's kind of health, wealth, and prosperity and Jesus, the, the Bible basic instructions before leaving earth, if that's how you view the Bible, or as Joel Osteen would say, your best life now, like this Bible is, is meant so that it can help you succeed in life, then yes, this kind of stuff that I just said is my head in the clouds, not realistic. But listen, that crap 
That Joel Osteen, uh, fluffy Christianity, cheap grace, health, wealth, prosperity gospel crap is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. Jesus said, come and lay down your life and follow me and it will be messy. His his followers were saying like, listen, this is going to be really good for us to follow Jesus, his disciples. This is going to be really good for us to follow Jesus because finally we've been oppressed, but Jesus is going to raise up a kingdom that he's been talking about and we'll be his right hand man in the kingdom and we'll probably be wealthy and well taken care of and we'll have an army and like we're going to have some really good seats here. This is going to be great. And Jesus rebuked them and said, no, you're, you're wrong. Like this is not the, the kingdom that you have in your mind is not the kingdom that I have. One of his disciples said, listen, how many times do we need to forgive someone in this kingdom you're talking about? Like seven times? Like if, if somebody messes with me seven times in a day, do I need to forgive them? And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven, you don't stop forgiving them in my kingdom because I haven't stopped forgiving you. And I won't stop forgiving you. Like this kingdom is a kingdom where you lay down your life. It looks like nonsense to the world. Your radical grace and love towards other people looks like nonsense to the world. And as things get harder around the world and in our lives, our faith and obedience to our King is going to look like nonsense to the rest of the world. It will look like nonsense because Jesus was taking the the ways of this world and he was flipping it upside down. He was turning it on its head. Our decisions aren't made for comfort and safety. Our decisions are now made for the glory of the king. And I take my family into places that might not be comfortable or convenient, but if it makes most sense for my good and more importantly, his glory, then then it makes sense in the kingdom. Yes, to whoever, whomever commented on that Instagram, yes, it's foolishness and it's, I have my head in the clouds and it's not realistic, blah, blah, blah. But that is what the kingdom looks like. That's what citizenship in the kingdom looks like. Jesus said, take up your cross, die to yourself and come follow me. Do you think that's reasonable? Jesus said, hate your father and mother in comparison to your love for me. Do you think that that is reasonable? Man, oh, I'm getting, I've got a million things going in my mind. But Jesus was not reasonable, friends. He was not reasonable. If you're hoping for like this comfortable, safe life, Under the rulership of Jesus, you are going to be disappointed. And as the world gets more and more crazy, you're going to come up with more and more uh, situations where you have to decide, do I chase comfort or do I chase Jesus? Because oftentimes those two things are in direct opposition towards each other. Jesus was always saying, this is not about your life anymore. You come, you lay down your life and you follow me. And most of us don't want to do that. Even for those of us who say we do listen to this passage in Luke nine. It is one of my least favorite passages in scripture because it convicts me every time I read it. I avoid it because I know that if it's true, which I believe it is, then I'd actually have to do something about it as a Jesus follower. And yet it messes with me every time. It's Luke 9, 57. And it says this, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. 
Much like you and I say all the time, yes, Jesus, we raise our hands in worship songs. We say, Jesus, send me wherever I surrender all. Here's all my life. Take it. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man, me, Jesus, has no place to lay his head. What is Jesus saying there? Listen, the, the guy says, hey, I'll follow you, Jesus, wherever you go. And Jesus' response wasn't, oh, thank you for having so much faith. Thank you for being a radical Christian. Thank you for finally accepting me. Yes, I'm going to make this easy. Your life is about to get great. No, Jesus' response to him was, you are about to be homeless. I'm homeless. Foxes have a home. Birds of the air have a home. I have no home. Are you sure you want to follow me? Next guy comes to Jesus, or Jesus then turns to another man. He says, you, you follow me. And the man replied, Lord, first, let me go bury my father. And Jesus says to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. There were too many of us who are saying, yes, I will follow you, Jesus, but first let me make sure everything's safe. Yes, I will follow you, Jesus, but first let me make sure all my debt is paid off. Yes, I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll take care of the orphans and the poor and the widow and the vulnerable and the foreigner among me. But first, let me make sure that I have enough money for myself or that I have more clothes or a bigger house or a safer neighborhood or when my kids get older or when my school debt is paid off. Then I'll follow you, Jesus. There are too many of us who are so willing to say that we are all in for his name's sake. And yet when he says, okay, come, come and follow me, we say, but first. Friends, what is your but first? You likely had something pop into your mind as I said that. What is your but first? And, and there's so many of you, like myself, when I read this scripture, that I want really concrete answers. Jesus, tell me exactly what you want me to give up or do or not do so I can just know and then follow you. And yet I think this is something that Jesus will allow us to wrestle with through his spirit. And if we have the cur- courage to get with our spouse, with our family, to involve our kids and say, kids, family, like what will we do How far are we willing to go to follow Jesus, to be obedient to our King? How far are we willing to go? Would we pray about it? Would we fast about it? Would we seek the face of God on it? Would we allow his spirit to speak through us? And probably you're not going to read that passage and have one thing. Maybe you do right now, and it's very clear to you, the Lord's speaking to you, praise God. But some of you, most of us, we are going to need to wrestle over and over and over again to see, God, what is it that I'm putting first in front of you? And for most of us, it's our comfort. It's our money, it's our fears, it's our stuff, it's our safety. Following Jesus in his kingdom looks ludicrous. It's ridiculous. 
would we not have but first? Listen, most of you will listen to this podcast, much like I've read this passage many, many times, and I'll feel convicted by it and I'll let it go. 99% of you listening will do that. I know because I've been there. I've listened to that passage 99 times, hundreds of times, and I feel convicted and I close my Bible and we say a prayer and I move on and I compartmentalize that into an area of my brain that I don't have to think about because it's uncomfortable and I don't have any clear answers. Here's what I'm asking. Would you and I have the courage by the grace of God to stay in the depths of that question and in that uncomfortability? Would we sit with our wives? and our kids? And would we beg Jesus to show us, God, what am I putting but first before I follow you? And when I say that I'm willing to surrender, would you convict my heart and reveal in me my wicked ways, the things that are stopping me from being fully surrendered to you, the idols that I've held on to and I'm holding on to that I've convinced myself will bring me more satisfaction than what you will bring me, O oh Lord. Friends, I love you. I really do. Um, every day when I see, uh, you know, I, numbers, podcasts, numbers, and, and uh, when I get emails, I got a handwritten card in the mail when I got home from the cruise of a guy that I don't know, but it's part of Dad Tired, and he sent me a message thanking me for this ministry. Um, I can't tell you enough how much I love you and how much I pray for you. And, um, you know, I... Dad Tired has has become a 501c3. Um, I just got the paper. I literally printed the final paperwork right before I hit the record button on this episode. Uh, And I hope that one day, I've spent all my own time and money and energy into building up. uh, I'm being used by God to see this being built up. And uh, I hope to one day get to put all my time and effort into it because I really, truly, from the depths of my heart, believe that God is using this ministry to reach men, to equip men with the gospel, to not give like fluffy stuff, but to actually push us towards ways that we can leave, lead our families through the lens of the gospel towards him. Um, but, but all that to say, I love you. I really do love you. I'm so grateful that you'd even take 20, 25 minutes to listen to this podcast. If it's helpful for you, would you leave a review that again, that's not to pat me on the back, but that just continues to keep us in front on iTunes so that more and more guys can hear about Dad Tired and more importantly, hear about the good news of Jesus and his grace and how that's compelling us to do radical and ludicrous and crazy things for our King and for his namesake. Um, all, as always, go to dadtire.com, subscribe over there, get connected to with what, with what we're doing. But I love you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Have a good day, you guys. Later.